Psalm 98, right? The year it was written was, I got no idea, and nobody knows. But I've spent hours trying to find out. But I know that they've come back from exile, and it's written by happy church people because they're back. So sometimes, some point after 538 BC, this song was written. But it's not just a happy song. It's also a sad song because life is difficult because they've got back to their land, but the temple's not as good as it used to be. David's not around anymore. And so they're up and down. And by the way, Bob Dylan's music, his best songs, are when he's up and down because that's where the best music comes from, isn't it? Um, you know, when he had that Christian phase, his music was rubbish. But when he's like going through it and wrestling with the big things in life, that's the real stuff. And Psalm 98 is one of those. And, but they're joyful, even though life is hard. Is life hard for you? These guys are joyful as well because, yes, it's hard, but they're home. Their Messiah is coming soon. They're going to heaven when they die. And the Lord is working wonders. So if you're going through it, this can help us also remember it's not dark yet. But actually, it's never going to get there for me. Not really. There's always cause to be happy. And so we're going to join in with them and sing with them. Sing. Here's verse 1. You ready? Sing to the Lord a new song. For he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. It's a new song. It might have been an old song. But they're singing it because he's done something new. Or they might have written a new song. Don't really know. Nobody knows. But here's my question for you. Have you, sung a have you sung a song this week because you've seen that the Lord has done something kind in your life? Or last week now, isn't it? Because it's just begun. The new week. Have you ever sung a song because the Lord has done something marvelous? Because that's what these psalmists are doing and we're to join in this morning. And when Richard Barrett's back, I'm going to say... Richard, I've got a plan. He's going to say, oh no. And I'm going to say, don't worry this time, it's a good one. What we're going to do is, we're going to, please, I'll say please, we're going to divide the congregation into four areas, one Sunday morning, the soprano's over there, the tenor's over there, the alto's there, and the bass is there, and we're going to sing psalms, unaccompanied. No offense, Ben. I love music. I love accompanied, but also in the life of the church occasionally, I think we should go unaccompanied with psalm singing. Then he's going to tell me to ask the elders permission because it's radical, and I'll let you know how it goes. But if it works, we're all harmonizing and we're singing praises. Do you know why? Because it's powerful. And the world is singing rubbish songs, which are hopeless. And we're here in this area to do a better job at it. And when we harmonize and sing psalms of praise, there's just something spiritually powerful about it. We're supposed to sing because singing is compelling and attractive and moving. And do you know what? At the moment, Coldplay do it better than us, don't they? If you go to a Coldplay concert, there's 80,000 people having the time of their life. You go to church, there's 20 people bored to death, isn't there? usually. And that's not supposed to happen. And when we do do the four-part harmonies of the Psalms, we're all going to feel a bit awkward. 
but we're going to do it anyway. Why will we feel awkward? Because we're not singers anymore. Not really. We're not very good at it either. We're all right here, but as a country, the church in Wales is generally, I think, dragging its feet. We used to be more musical. And I think one of the reasons we're not very good at it anymore is we're not marveling anymore like we should. So if you're down in the dumps, sing. Sing in the kitchen. Sing in the bathroom and in the shower and in the bed and in church. Sing. Some people say, oh, and I'm not singing in church. I'm not a singer. And then I see them down the Millennium Stadium. They're singing their hearts out at the rugby. There's something missing, I think, fundamentally with non-singers. We've lost our marvel. And here it is, sing to the Lord. A new song, a song or psalm. You might say, I haven't got reason to sing. Life and church is just a massive headache for me. It's like, yeah, it was for this one as well, but they still find cause to praise in the headache of life and headache church life. It's up and down here, it's up and down here, yet they still have reason to praise. And one of the reasons is he's doing marvelous, marvelous things. There's not enough marvel anymore. Um, are we not singing? Are we not a statement of song? Because we're not in awe anymore. A little chap, a friend of mine, said to me last week, said, miracles don't happen anymore. I said, really? Have a seat, my friend. Let's have a talk. Are you a Christian? My little friend said, yes. He said, you've been saved from your sin? My little friend said, yes. I said, that is the biggest miracle in the whole of the Bible and in church history. Because sin is so powerful, it costs the blood of God himself to destroy its power over you. Start there, and you will sing. When we come to communion, it's a statement that someone has unshackled death and sin in its grip on me. That is a miracle. Now I'm going to read verses 2 and 3. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Life can be, can be hard, but this morning we're going to expand our vision of what God is doing, even if it's dark. Bob Dylan, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. Christians should just say, it's not dark yet, it's not going to get there. Why? I have a huge vision of a huge God. His salvation is going out to all of the nations. He's promised, it says here, to keep saving. There's this cosmic plan of redemption. And Park End Church is in it. And it's going out to the whole world. He saves Israel then and now. And the world sees what he does with them. And they want to join and that's still happening today. Um, we went to the cinema last week as a family. Watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Rita wanted to see it. And, uh, <laughs> and what happens in the cinema is, there's a screen, there's a little camera at the back, and it shines on the big screen at the front. Oh, there you go. 
that's doing it there. Right? And the plan of redemption and the whole salvation of the whole cosmos and the world is this. The Lord wants people to know who Jesus is and what heaven is like. So, the plan is to shine what heaven is like down onto earth, like a projector. So, he shines it, and he shines it on Israel. And what happens in the Old Testament, and what's happening today, but not as much as it did in the Old Testament, but it will happen again, probably more than even when it did in the Old Testament, is people see the way Israel has been saved from Egypt and all other troubles, and they go, what? Look at the way they're living, and how God is so kind to them. It's like heaven on earth. I want to join. And they get saved. And that just goes out to all the nations. And all these nations come and join Israel. That's why we pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. Shine it down. And Israel, the people of Israel, the Jews, are His people that best display and will do again what salvation and heaven is. And that is still going out today. So, people look, people who are hopeless and broken and lost and sinful, there's somewhere on earth where God has made a promise. He's got a people. And if you watch those people, you can join and be saved. And we as a church have joined those people. So, King Coit, the nations in King Coit, can now look at Park End Church and they're supposed to say, wow, God's promise is all around Park End Church and the other churches in Cardiff that love the Lord Jesus Christ. They're like, they live for things which are more than just stuff. Their God is healing them, working in them, building them up for the world to come. And He's promised to do it. And we have such a small little view, maybe that's why we don't sing. But he, he's doing it. He's doing it here. He's doing it over there. He's doing it with Israel everywhere. And he promises to do it. So we should sing. Because nothing's going to stop him. He first promised it to Abraham in Genesis 10. It's called the Table of Nations. If you read Ezra chapter 2, it's one of the best chapters in the Bible. You see all these foreigners now in the, their names are just in the life of the church. It still happens today. People are still being saved even though life is tough. It's not dark yet. Full stop. Because it's not getting there. Because the Lord is still saving. He's promised. Nothing will scupper that plan. If your whole world is falling apart, you're still in the family of Abraham and all will be well. And we don't grasp it enough. Um, Abraham is called the father of the faithful. He's our father. We've been brought into the Israel tree. Basically, all of that just to say this. There's one story of the whole cosmos. It's this. You're either part of Israel or you're not. And if you're not, you're in darkness. Everything you read on the news this week, from sports to weather to nations to politics, right down to the local level, is all about this narrative of people joining or not joining the family of Israel. Because that's the narrative God has sworn on oath to complete. 
So let's do some cheers just to prove that God is a God of promise. Let's have a wehey if you are a Christian in this room from Wales. Go. Oh, quite a lot. All right, let's have a wehey if uh, the table of nations has expanded to the Irish. <laughs> the Northern Irish. Scottish. Hey. English. <laughs> American. Oh, there are a few out there, but not in the building. Iraq, Iran, Africa. Hey, I was reading about the Kurdish people uh, recently. Over the last 30 years, the Kurdish people have had an absolute battering, like an earthquake of abuse and persecution but you can't stop them singing. And by 2030, it looks like they're going to be an entirely Christian culture. In Great Britain, it was a rough time, and then the Wesleys arrived, and loads of people joined the table of nations under that ministry, and I believe in the multinational family, promised and sung about here, and we're going to celebrate it together at this meal, because God's promises go on. Um, and I'm going to read the last few verses before we go to communion. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for He comes to judge the earth, and He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. Right. Jesus, as we close this bit, is not just your personal little saviour. We need to expand this morning our vision that he's the cosmic Christ and even material things are there to glorify his wonderful name. And Park End Church members are to leave this building and look at trees and cats and dogs and cows and realize Jesus is their Lord and not just be so narrow-minded and songless. I'll tell you a story. Um, Plato thought that there was no real order and meaning in the physical world, so he retreated to the intellectual one to find hope. Didn't work out. And in the background of the Greek Empire is the church with the answers, singing their songs about the God of order. I don't think he listened. Then there was another great thinker, Shankara of India in the 8th century AD, and he thought that the physical world deludes you and will lead you to depression and you can't find any truth or meaning in anything you see. So off he went into some ethereal piece as well. The most brilliant minds in history often ask this question, why, are, why is stuff here? Why is stuff here? This psalm, here's a church in the background, singing the answers. We know why there's order and why there's everything here and why there's stability and goodness, and churches singing. Singing answers to these types of questions which the world is still asking now. Are you ready? How could the basic stuff of the world have any order and structure to it? What's your answer to that question? Here's another one. How could any material hold together and make sense? How? You got any answers to that? It's in the psalm. Who could sustain the laws of nature? Who wrote these laws? Got an answer to that? Because your friends need you to sing the answers. Why, here's another one, is there beauty 
how am I aware of beauty, which seems to be above the remit of science? How do we know things are beautiful? How, if everything's mindless, do I have a mind and rational thought? Why do these things order themselves? They can't create themselves. Who wrote, who built this? And why, why do we think the universe did it? But this didn't. Why do we think that could? Those types of questions and church is singing the answer as we head to communion. I'm building up to the answer. Um, my friend sent me this week an article on um, blood. Did you know uh, blood is praising God? And we need to appreciate that. Did you know, everybody, that when blood clots, there are eight to ten steps that it goes through in order to clot? Did you know that? And did you know that the clots are counterbalanced by controlling mechanisms which stops the rest of your body completely clotting up? And killing you. Did you know that? It's interesting, isn't it? And these mutations can't just um, happen step by step because they would sort of mutate themselves in singularity off into death on its own. So there seems to be this order to it, like a mouse trap. It can't just do step by step because it would never work. It has to be a, like a complete thing. Did you know this? When your eye develops, there are 10 phases. Did you know that? And mathematicians have estimated, I know you're bored, but it'll be, watch this now. Some mathematicians have estimated the probability that these things just mutate on their own is a chance in one in, are you ready? These are secular mathematicians, ready? One in more than all the atoms in the universe together. That number. That's the chance that your eye developed like series by series on its own with chance mutations. I got another one, and I am closing. Did you know that there are 12 times more trees on Earth than stars in the Milky Way? Did you know that? Isn't that mind-blowing? My mind is blown. I got another one. Did you know that lobsters can't die of old age? Did you know that? We don't look at lobsters enough, and we're not singing. Now you're wondering how. I'll talk to you in the week. Huge questions about the material order. How are things like this? And then arrives the logic of the universe. The subject of the Psalms. He arrives as a baby, shone from heaven onto earth, and lo and behold, everything seems to order themselves around him. Animals. He can walk on water. He tells the weather what to do. He's the logic that Plato longed for. He could have a packed lunch and make it multiply. He understood the human body more than anyone else ever could. He could even fix it. And he's promised to fix it again. He could answer all people's questions. And he calmly told his friends, I'm going to die and rise to even sort that problem out and my people are going to trust in me and we're going to they're going to feed on me and they're going to have life here's my last fact of the day did you know that cows kill more people every year than sharks did you know that cows kill five no sharks kill five people a year do you know how many people 
cows kill a year? This is the strangest sermon you've ever heard, isn't it? Sharks kill five people a year. Cows kill 22 people a year. And I added that one because creation is wonderful and we don't sing it enough. Things are ordered, but it's also broken because of sin. And here we have someone that says, I'm going to sort that problem out too and I'm going to heal everything right down to lobsters that can't die of old age, to killer cows, and to sharks, and you. And so we come now and we say, I've got sin. I'm broken. Lord, heal me, and I trust you, and I sing to you, because you are the great healer and logic of everything. I need thee every hour. I need thee. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.